0: Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. We are midweek, and I'm delighted to have you on board. This is your go to for Hot Liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. On social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and Twitter and true social at Monica Crowley. Also by email at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail dot com. All right. uh, Coming up later in the week, we're going to talk to Senator Tommy Tuberville with an update on his legislation and his moves Should try to stop biological males from competing in girls and women's sports. You would think this was an obvious thing, but the left has now weaponized the transgender agenda, which they essentially created, and now we are finding ourselves on the back heel, fighting in every single direction. Senator Tuberville is right on the leading edge of fighting for this, fighting for girls' rights and women's rights in the U.S. Senate. He's going to be here to give us a full update, and we may talk about the border with him as well, because I want to cover that here at the outset. Uh, Next week, big shows coming up. We're going to go to a deep dive on what is happening at the southern border with someone who will be in Mexico joining us on Monday with a full report of what is happening here. So you're not going to want to miss that. And next week, we're going to have the great Lou Dobbs talking about the border, but also talking about the economy, uh, globalism, the 2024 race, and so much more. So we've got jam-packed shows up. So we've got jam-packed shows coming up for you next week as well. Later today, hugely important conversation with former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, who will be here to talk to us about what the Biden administration is doing uh, behind our backs, really under the radar. Nobody is covering this except maybe us and Steve Bannon and maybe a few others uh, about relinquishing our sovereignty to the World Health Organization so that if the WHO, which is controlled by the CCP and the Gates Foundation, Bill Gates, and the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, if they decide again, oh, look, here's a new virus. We're going to shut down the global economy, and you must, you must put an experimental medication in your arm, lock down for six months at a time, all the stuff that the CCP did to their people. Of course, they're communists and well, I guess we are too now. Um, but they will be able to mandate it, and it won't matter where you live. Florida, Tennessee, won't matter, because this will trump federal and state laws. She is going to be here to give us a deep dive into all of this. We have been covering it on this show now and again for the last year, but it is back, and you need to know what's happening. So that's coming up just moments away. First up, though, the Monica Memo. As I have been saying from the start of the Biden administration, every single thing you see is deliberate. It's by design. And I don't want you to allow anybody to tell you that this is sheer incompetence. It's not. Biden's out to lunch, so yeah, he's mentally incompetent. But the policies of this administration that have been run by Barack and Michelle Obama and the entire Obama team and machine have been 100% deliberate. All of this is intentional. If it weren't all of these catastrophes on the economy, on the border, on crime, uh, in every direction, they would of course corrected, and they have not. So that tells you that they want all of these policies in place. They want the end result of the chaos, the mayhem, the millions of illegals coming in. Uh, they want all of it. I think that should be crystal clear to everybody by now. And what is now happening with the border is about to get a whole lot worse because Title 42, which was a Trump era uh, program put into place during the pandemic to allow the deportation or the blocking of entry of illegal immigrants into the country based on uh, public health regulations, public health concerns. We're going to talk about that later with uh, Michelle Bachman. But they grounded it in that, that she didn't want diseased people coming in and spreading the disease to American citizens, right? Well, Title 42 is scheduled to end in about eight days, May 11th, along with the formal national COVID emergency, okay? So when Title 42 ends, you are going to have a massive flood. I mean, you think this is bad? You think this is bad? Just wait. So much more is coming. And in fact, I posted this yesterday on Twitter, where I said, I just heard from a long time ICE agent in Texas, who was livid that Corrine Jean-Pierre the other day put out this insane lie that border crossings are down 90%. I mean, the gaslighting and and the brazenness of these lies just completely out of control now. I mean, they've always lied to our faces, but now the brazenness, the audacity of these lies, worse than ever. She went out and said, oh, border crossings are down about 90%. What? ICE, Border Patrol, they are livid with these lies. They are livid With the circumstances that the Biden administration has put them in there, down there trying to do their jobs, hold the line at the border for very little money, putting their lives on the line for all of us and for the the vows that they took. And the Biden White House, the folks who are supposed to be their protectors and support them, are throwing them under the bus and have been for the last two and a half years So I tweeted yesterday, I just heard from a longtime ICE agent in Texas, livid about the press secretary's insane lie that border crossings are down 90%. He wrote, get ready, about to be an invasion. Biden deliberately created the open border and illegal alien crisis, and he is accelerating it. And then I tweeted, impeach him. This is not just dereliction of duty because he's senile. This is a deliberate takedown of the country. Again, in every direction economically, the border, crime, you name it, gutting the military. The Navy just put out a drag queen as their new spokesperson for recruitment. Okay, so all of this is by design. Here are a couple of stats for you. Because Title 42 is ending on May 11th, there are currently close to 1 million illegals at the border waiting for it to end in eight days. They're camping out. They've got all kinds of uh, like little tents. It looks like San Francisco. 1 million. And you know, give it another eight days, and it'll be up to 2 million ready to pour into the country in one day. This uh, figure, by the way, comes from a Border Patrol agent. Um, And they're looking at the the official stats as they put drones over the border to try to count how many people are getting ready to come in. DHS and custom officials are telling executives in the counties on the border, in Arizona especially, but Texas too, to be prepared. Again, like this ICE agent said, get ready. The invasion is about to go hyperspeed. In October of last year, it was estimated that since Biden took office, around 5.5 million illegal immigrants have crossed our borders. This has already been a crisis of epic proportions. Now, the most recent estimate is about seven, maybe, maybe more, seven million people just in the last two and a half years. As of May 1st, which was, what, two days ago, over 73,000 illegals crossed the southern border just in the last 10 days. This is according to U.S. Border Patrol. They said 17,000 illegal gotaways, avoided detection, and came into the country, all in anticipation of Title 42. So just in about the last 10 days, and this was as of two days ago, you're looking at 90,000, maybe more, came across the border into the country illegally. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said the feds are expecting up to 13,000 illegals to cross the border every day after Title 42 is lifted. And of course, it's not just these illegals coming in, but firearms, weapons, drugs, cash, ammunition, terrorists, you name it. In El Paso, Texas, which is really the epicenter of all of this, officials there expect anywhere between 12,000 to 40,000 illegals who have been waiting on the Mexican side to cross into the city the day or so after Title 42 ends. In the last 10 days, border agents have stopped 19 sex offenders, six gang members, and one convicted murderer from coming into the country. And again, these are the people that we know about that have been apprehended. How many have come into the country that we don't know about? Biden says, well, hey, I'm stepping up. I'm going to send 1,500 U.S. soldiers from active duty army units uh, to the border. But guess what? They're there to assist border patrol, but they're only going to be there for 90 days, and they're assigned to mostly desk jobs. Administrative and transportation roles, so basically driving buses and things. That's what they're going to be doing, not on the border, armed, enforcing the border. Uh, Kamala Harris, the most unpopular, disastrous vice president in American history, was assigned the border But that was only in word only. Again, all of this is by design. It's all on purpose. So they did make work for her, but they were all in on the joke. It's like, well, we're giving her the border uh, portfolio. Kamala was pissed because she knew, like, superficially she'd be attacked for doing nothing. But they're all on the same page that they will do nothing. So she was given the portfolio with the understanding nothing is to be done. Not that she could do anything anyway. So now they're trying to pivot Kamala to handing her the AI portfolio. She's heading up the artificial intelligence portfolio. Don't you need to be intelligent to handle the artificial intelligence portfolio? I mean, I can't. Karine Jean-Pierre has been repeatedly lying from the podium about all, well, frankly, everything, but certainly about the border. And she said recently, quote, as you know, on the first day of walking into the White House of his administration, the president put forth a comprehensive immigration legislation so we could all have the resources and we could be able to help the men and women of Border Patrol to do their jobs. And so if Congress would act and, again, do their jobs and meet us halfway and do this in a bipartisan way, we would not have to do this. This on top of the lie about border crossings are down 90%. Over 7 million people, and again, that's probably a lowball estimate, have come into the country just since Biden has been president, January of 2021. So it's not even two and a half years. It's a little less than that. And they want millions more. Why? Flood the zone. Flood the zone. Get them on a path to citizenship. Get them voting. And then guess what? You never again get a Republican president. Forget about a Republican Congress. That's it one-party country. Plenty of states that are one-party, New York, California, look how they're turning out, right? That's what they want for the entire country. And they're doing everything they can to achieve it. All right, when we come back, and we're going to handle more of this later this week and certainly next week with a report from the U.S.-Mexico border on the Mexico side, Uh, we're going to be joined by someone live who's been covering this nonstop. It's going to be excellent. All right, when we come back, we're going to speak with former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman about the WHO and what the Biden administration is doing there to strip you and your family of your personal right to your own bodily integrity and your personal health decisions. You're going to want to hear this. It's the most underreported story, I think, and a very serious one. So sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, I am absolutely delighted to have with us today a great friend and a great patriot. Michelle Bachman is a former member of Congress, and in fact, she was the first Republican woman from the state of Minnesota elected to the House. She was a founding member of the Tea Party, and to date, Michelle is the only Republican woman to have won a presidential primary contest. She won the Iowa straw poll back in 2012. She is currently the dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University in Virginia Beach, and she has never backed away from a fight. Even when a lot of incoming was coming at her, and remains so, she always stands firm, both in her faith and in her convictions. Most recently, she has been at the leading edge of one of the most underreported stories of our time. We have covered this a couple of times on the show over the last year, but it is really coming ahead to a head today, um, and certainly over the next couple of weeks. And that's why I wanted to have Michelle on, because she has been such an outspoken and very uh, important voice on this issue. And the issue is the Biden administration's plan to relinquish our sovereignty to the World Health Organization, which is controlled by the CCP and the Gates Foundation and other globalists. During a global public health crisis, they are willing to just... Upend all of our sovereignty and hand over control to the WHO. Michelle joins us now
1: on all of this. Michelle, welcome. Thank you so much, Monica. It's been such a joy to know you and work with you over the years, and especially now to work with you on this issue. Well, it is a blessing uh, to know you.
0: I consider you a dear friend for so many years. It's great to reconnect with you. And, you know, I actually, I said this to you before we came on air that I saw you on Daystar, which is a Christian-based network, but I saw you on Daystar talking about this and I said, I've got to have Michelle Bachman on to break all of this down for us because you do it in ways that everybody can understand and you push back on their pushback. So they're saying that the relinquishing of our sovereignty is not true, et cetera. And I want to do a deep dive with you on this to lay out the facts for everybody so then we are armed with the facts and we can push back and make sure that this does not happen. So I want you to walk us through this, if you would, Michelle. And let's start at the top. Um, There is something called the International Health Regulations, or IHR. What are they, and is the United States a party to them?
1: Yes, the United States is a party to them, and the International Health Regulations is the governance board of the World Health Organization. So during the last three years that were unparalleled in all of our lives, the World Health Organization issued advisory recommendations and the Biden administration took those advisory recommendations and treated them as though they were laws here in the United States. So whatever the World Health Organization, which is the health care arm of the United Nations, that's, that's what they are, an advisory group that's the, the health care arm of the United Nations, uh, the United States is the number one funder of the World Health Organization. The Bill Gates Foundation is the number two funder and the number three funder is the Chinese Communist Party. However, the Communist Chinese effectively control the organization. So it's interesting. Out of Wuhan came the COVID-19 virus, and yet it's the Communist Chinese controlled World Health Organization that gave the recommendations to the rest of the world as to how to handle this virus. And so at the Biden administration, we saw that our own centers for disease control taking those recommendations from the World Health Organization and treating those recommendations like law. So for instance, companies, Facebook, Twitter, Google, took whatever the World Health Organization said and people were thrown off Facebook, Twitter. We were told things were misinformation or disinformation if this they disagreed with the world health Organization that 's just a frame for people to understand how much power was given to this organization. now, initially, this organization was advisory only, but now the Biden administration, as you correctly said, Monica they're they're proposing new amendments to this governance of the World Health Organization that would change the World Health Organization away from being advisory only and now they would have mandatory authority not just over the United States but over all 194 member nations and there's about 200 nations in the world so effectively this would mean every man and woman on earth would be covered by these regulations and they would be mandatory not advisory meaning that we would be seeing in effect a form of global governance created at the World Health Organization, being pushed primarily by the Biden administration. That's why this is so concerning, Monica, because for the first time in history, we are seeing the Biden administration seeking to give away US sovereignty and all 194 nations sovereignty to the World Health Organization on this issue of healthcare. So this, I want everybody to understand how critical
0: this is, and I want to just take one little step back, Michelle, because what you laid out is absolutely true, and I want everybody to absorb this. I say this on this show all the time, that everything is of a piece. Nothing is moving in isolation when we're talking about the globalists and the globalist elite ruling class, both here and abroad, that their ultimate objective is to destroy every nation's sovereignty so that they can build a one-world government— Okay, this one world government where everything is digital, you are a number, you will have a digital ID, and this one world government will be able to control you, your movements, your spending, your money, uh, your movements around the world or even in your own community like we're seeing in the UK with 15-minute cities, etc. This piece of it, the World Health Organization being the globalist uh, a body, governing body, in the event of another global pandemic, which, of course, they will create and spread around the world, for, all for power and control, that what we are describing here is of a piece of this much broader agenda to, to erase borders. This is what our wide open southern border is about, too, erase borders in order to
1: move the world into that vision. Is that correct? That's correct. And I'm glad that you brought up the piece about the digital certificates. This is really the top agenda item that uh, those who are pushing these amendments of the international health regulations, their number one item is to get this going. And so people can just look at their phone right now. Pick up your phone. And so what these people are envisioning is that each person on Earth will have a QR code and we will have our health records on that QR code. And all of the mandates that the World Health Organization puts forward will be on that QR code. And the question is, are we as individuals, in compliance with what the World Health Organization mandates. Have we been tested as many times as they want us tested? Have we been vaccinated? Um, Are we being tracked and traced? This is a method of a surveillance system. So think right now, Monica, of how the communist Chinese control their own citizens, their own people. They do so with digital certifications. That is what's being envisioned for all of us. So in essence, we will all be tracked and traced and surveilled and called to be accountable to the World Health Organization. But the difference is the World Health Organization won't be controlled by the United States or our elected officials. It will be controlled globally by a very small group of elites, primarily the Communist Chinese Party, and we will give up our freedom. That's the bottom line here our freedom our national sovereignty and freedom will be given up and we are now in the process we're in the timeline of the biden administration and other nations as well pushing these amendments to the international health rules the uh, world health assembly meets once a year in geneva switzerland the last week of may And last year, in 2022, the Biden administration tried to push these series of amendments. At the last minute, a few nations objected, and so the Biden administration backed off. Now the Biden administration and other nations have gotten together. They've redoubled their efforts. They've split up the amendments among many countries, and they're really taking a dual-track approach. They're pushing, giving away individual nation sovereignty to global sovereignty in two ways. One is through a global pandemic treaty. The second pathway is through changing the amendments at the Global Health Assembly, the board that controls the World Health Organization. So the goal is the same. The goal is to get up nation states, to get nation states to give up individual sovereignty to a global platform. That's the goal. The question is, will we get there through a pandemic treaty or will we get there through changing the amendments to the Global Health Assembly? But we need to be aware and understand this is underway and this won't necessarily come back to the United States Senate for voting or for signing by President Biden or another president. This is intended to be done externally And then we're just in this system and we've lost our national freedom.
0: Yes, you raised so many points there. I I want to dig into them, Michelle. So there are actually two tracks, and everybody needs to understand this. There are two simultaneous tracks going. One is these amendments that the Biden administration originally proposed last January. As you said, we were able to derail that uh, for the time being, but now they're back this year. And then there's this new uh, global pandemic treaty, which is moving along another track, but they are running parallel with each other. And to your point, they will get this done in terms of relinquishing our sovereignty on public health decision making, either by the amendments to the IHR or this new pandemic treaty or both. And your point is critical. They are going around what the Constitution requires for a treaty, for any kind of serious heavyweight international agreement, which is you need the approval of two-thirds of the United States Senate. Just like they did the Obama and Biden team did with the Iran nuclear deal, they went around that constitutional requirement, right, and just rammed it through. Can they do the same thing here?
1: Well, that's what they're trying to do, and they think that they can do that because people aren't paying attention because the mainstream media isn't paying attention. Giant social tech media isn't paying attention, perhaps by design. They're ignoring this issue, and this is, it, for my mind, it doesn't get any bigger than this. Giving away the sovereignty of the United States, that's kind of the whole ball of wax. That's who we are, and yet it's being ignored by the mainstream media. So can they get away with it? Yes, if people don't know this is going on. But remember, President Trump, when he was in office, um, notified the World Health Organization that the United States was leaving. There is a possibility that countries can leave the World Health Organization. You don't have to remain a member. And so President Trump started that process. He saw that the World Health Organization was not a good deal for the United States. So he got us out. But then President Trump wasn't returned to office in 2020. And on the day Joe Biden was inaugurated, he put the United States back into the World Health Organization and he ignited the funding from the United States to the World Health Organization. So the real solution to all of this is to have our government get out of the World Health Organization. And how can we do that? Republicans control the House of Representatives, so the Republicans could tie raising the debt ceiling to getting out of the World Health Organization. And he could demand that President Biden has to get us out. They can also defund the World Health Organization, which is a good thing, but we really need to get the United States out from under the authority of the World Health Organization. We need to retain our own sovereign authority. And I'm very concerned that we will not retain that authority if we remain under the World Health Organization.
0: You just laid out a really important lever uh, for the Republicans in Congress to get us out, first of all, to try to stop what the Biden administration is trying to do here and giving up our sovereignty, but also to get us out of the World Health Organization, linking it to... The debt ceiling negotiations. Have you spoken to Speaker McCarthy and/or members of the Freedom Caucus,
1: your former colleagues? I've been in contact with—I uh, uh, I don't want to give the individual names—but I have spoken with some of the top people in Washington, D.C. about this, and I have. Uh, offered this as a potential solution on the debt ceiling, but also the defunding. The, the bottom line is that the United States at this point, knowing what the WHO intends and who controls the WHO, and really all we have to do is look at the last three years, of the WHO recommendations to see how miserable our life has been and how our we're still paying the price for these tragic decisions made by the WHO during the pandemic period. So yes, I've talked to top people, I've made these recommendations. Whether or not they will do them remains to be seen, but we're in that process of the negotiation now. And that's why you have a great audience, Monica. And I would, I would encourage everyone in your audience, if you're concerned about the United States maintaining our sovereignty as a nation, I would highly encourage that you call your U.S. representative and your two senators and tell them that you insist that they seek to get the United States out of the World Health Organization and perhaps to use that as the leverage for raising the debt ceiling. The capital switchboard number is 202-224-3121. If you state where you live, then they'll just automatically connect you to your U.S. representative and your two U.S. senators. That number, again, is 202 202- two two four three one two one. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, please stand by. We've got
0: much more coming up with the great Michelle Bachman. Straight ahead all right we're back with Michelle Bachman. You know there's another thought that strikes me here Michelle with regard to the debt ceiling negotiations. If the Biden administration is successful in getting this, the World Health Organization could then force us to spend a lot of money on whatever they dictate. They could say, we're facing a new pandemic, which again, they probably create and spread around the world. So therefore, we are going to mandate that the United States and all other signatories to these amendments and or the new uh, global uh, pandemic treaty, we will mandate that you must build quarantine facilities, develop experimental medications and or administer them, mask, what you name it, they could just make it up and that would blow our budget out of the water. So should the Republicans also be thinking in that direction, tie these debt ceiling talks to stopping the Biden administration from going down this road? It seems like a really useful lever that they should be using.
1: Well, you don't know how right you are because what you have just stated, Monica, is actually a part of the proposed amendments, the international health rule amendments, the governing document of the World Health Organization. Those proposed amendments to essentially have redistribution of wealth, the World Health Organization would have the power to force nations to supply the billions of dollars in In drugs, in PPP, in whatever they tell nations they have to supply, they would have the right to tell us what we manufacture. They would have the right to tell us that we're forced to hand over the genome sequences, for instance, on research that we have done to them this is part of what it would empower the world health organization to be effectively the platform for global governance across the world because you can govern the world through health care it's the power over life and death death decision making we saw it in practice people may recall for instance that in shanghai a year ago right at this point one year ago Shanghai was put into lockdown. 25 million citizens of Shanghai were literally locked in their apartments. The doors were nailed shut for 63 days. They couldn't leave their apartments. They couldn't access food. They couldn't access what it was that they needed. That was how the Chinese communist government treated its own citizens in its own capital. 25 million people. You can go on YouTube and you can hear people screaming on their balconies at night in Shanghai because they were they were literally held as captives. The World Health Organization would have the ability to see anyone on Earth like that and make these decisions, including forcing nations to spend billions of dollars to send material and uh, vaccines across the world against our will we could be bankrupt and still being forced to uh, send this kind of money and material also uh, one thing they contemplate is to send foreign health care workers into various nations to force people into being mandated to take vaccines and take medical treatments And all of this would have to be recorded on your digital QR code. This is a dystopian vision of a future. But if you read the proposed amendments, this is actually being proposed. That's 304 amendments. You can find these primary source documents. They're available for the proposed pandemic treaty and the proposed um, international health rule amendments. I mean, this is, uh, the, to
0: me, I mean, there are so many important issues coming at us, but our bodily integrity, our ability to make our own choice about what we put in our body and how we behave to, to retain our own health or to get healthier, that is that is a, a right from God, directly from yeah. God who created us. So the idea that we would just relinquish that kind of personal decision making on top of national decision making it's just beyond belief. And, you know, you mentioned the CCP and how they handled this uh, pandemic and how the West then took all of their cues from what China was doing. And I was in the Trump administration at the time and the assumption was, well, China's shutting down cities of 25 million people. The virus originated there. They must know something about how this virus behaves that we don't. And so now we should take our cues from them. If they're shutting down, we should shut down because if we don't, And millions and millions of people die within six months. This is a catastrophe. But all of these globalists who are driving this bus, Michelle, from Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum to Bill Gates and so many others, Anthony Fauci, they're all on record admiring the Chinese model. They did it right. They shut down their citizens. They stripped away whatever meager rights that they have in China. They did it right. They contain the virus, which of course is a a blatant lie, but these people are all about power and control. It's not about your health. They could give a flying wit about your personal health or the health of the nation. They could care less. This is about a much bigger ideological
1: agenda. Well, it really is. You're you're exactly right about that. Because even first-year medical students understood that you can't have a policy of Of preventing zero transmission. It's not even possible. That's not how viruses work. Viruses just go through a population. You can't stop it from going through a population. So China's means of addressing the pandemic were beyond bizarre. And we look at the results of how China handled this and how Australia handled this and how New Zealand handled this. And what we're seeing is that people were far sicker they were far sicker from the adverse results of taking the proposed vaccinations but also from the lockdowns the lockdowns were far more injurious than people just going about and continuing to live their lives so this the thing that is very weird is that we don't see a review of the last 3 years Just like we didn't see a review of the disastrous Biden withdrawal of the troops from Afghanistan. Why was there no review of that horrible military mistake? Then ask yourself, why has there been no review of the last three years of how not only the U.S., but how various nations handled the pandemic? Look at Sweden, for instance. Sweden never closed their public schools. They had a far better outcome in how they handled, especially the impact on little children during the whole period of the pandemic versus China who locked down its citizens versus the United States who forced children to stay home and try and learn in front of screens. It was, we haven't seen an honest review of these disastrous decisions and so now what is the Biden administration trying to do double down on failure double down on failure and reward those who went along with the greatest failure and in fact make it worse and so that's why we have got to get a a voice And we've got to know what we're talking about, because the proposed amendments are available to people. They can read them. It isn't your opinion. It isn't my opinion. We have the proposed pandemic treaty. A lot of this is being negotiated behind closed doors, and it will be decided upon not by the U.S. Congress, not by the House, not by your United States senators. It won't even be decided on by Joe Biden. It's going to be decided on by unelected delegates to the World Health Organization, World Health Assembly in Geneva, Switzerland. This is bizarre to think that nations would give up their sovereignty to the healthcare arm of the United Nations. May it never be. And the Chinese Communist Party and the
0: World Economic Forum And the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I mean, that's who you're really turning over your decision-making to, right? right? That's right. That's exactly right. Michelle, we've got to hit a quick break, but we're going to come back with so much more of this really important conversation. Straight up. And we're back now with Michelle Bachman. So I want to ask you, Michelle, so that everybody understands what this means for them, because I think a lot of people think, well, this is happening in Geneva. It's not nearly as bad as Monica and Michelle are, are saying it, that it's, you know, we've been down this road before. The COVID was an emergency, it was an unprecedented situation. We did the best we could, and now we're back to normal. So why why do I need to be concerned about this? Is it in fact true that this pandemic treaty and these amendments that we're talking about would supersede the U.S. Constitution and therefore they would trump federal law and they would trump state law. So I want everybody to understand during the last pandemic, during COVID, so many people moved out of lockdown states like California and New York, where there was no freedom, moved to freer places like Florida, Tennessee, Texas, where they didn't have to wear the mask, they could go into restaurants, they didn't have to prove their vaccine uh, status. All of that would be gone. There would be no free place in America because this would
1: trump everything. Am I correct to say that? This would trump everything. And, and, I, and when people say impossible, it can't be. Again, I just want people to not forget the last three years. Yes. How, how were we organized in our society the last three years by whatever the advisory organization, the World Health Organization, said? So if the World Health Organization issued a pronouncement, Twitter Facebook, Google took it as writ, as law, that that's what was going to be put up. So we were not allowed to disagree on our Facebook pages. Remember that? Yes. We weren't allowed to disagree on Twitter pages. Remember that? We were thrown off. The same with Google. You see it today. We're told if we disagree with the one state-approved position um, or viewpoint now we're engaging in disinformation and misinformation and there's censorship and in fact there can be penalties and fines if we disagree with the government approved position that was the last three years then look at our centers for disease control all they did they were a pass-through organization they took whatever the pronouncement was from the world health organization Then the CDC, Center for Disease Control, just pasted the World Health Organization position on their website, and then the Biden administration treated that position as law. So people need to realize, Monica, the Congress didn't pass a law on masking, and yet on planes, we were all forced to wear masks. The Congress didn't pass a law that public schools had to shut down, and yet public schools shut down. The Congress didn't pass a law that we had to sit in our houses for 15 days to slow the spread, and yet we did. The Congress didn't pass a law that uh, malls were shut down, or that small mom and pop um, businesses had to be shut down or gymnasiums had to be shut down. Do you remember all of this now? Yep. Do you remember how we had to live? And do you remember how our economy was so bad and how landlords were not allowed to evict tenants who couldn't pay their rent? This went on not just for 15 days. This went on for months and for years destroying the american economy our government printed six trillion dollars it didn't have and spent six trillion dollars that's why when you go to the grocery store today and you look at produce and food and meat and eggs and you ask yourself why am i paying four dollars for a carton of eggs why am i paying over four dollars for a gallon of gasoline It's because of these insane decisions that were made by our government over the last three years to be in compliance with what the World Health Organization was demanding in terms of shutting down the U.S. economy. Now, imagine going forward, that was just when the World Health Organization was an advisory only body. Imagine if we agree that the World Health Organization will now be able to make legally binding pronouncements. And we can't appeal to our Congress anymore. We won't even be able to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Why? We're already a member of the world health assembly we're already a member of the world health organization if we agree to these changes in the amendments that means we agree to the changes in the amendments and we agree that we will be bound to them the only way we can get out of it is if we take if we file the protocol and we we file the paperwork that the united states of america will get out of the World Health Organization. I'm telling you, that is our key to survival and our key to freedom. We've got to get out of the United Nations healthcare arm, the World Health Organization. We have enough in our country so that we don't need the World Health Organization. We can take care of the healthcare of our people. We are better off if we pull out of the World Health Organization, we're the number one funder anyway, And if we seek humanitarian help to to be able to help other nations, we can do that on our own. We don't need the World Health Organization to do that. But that's that's what we have to do. We have to get out of this UN-dominated organization if we want any chance of remaining free. Yes, and that
0: is the message right there. Um, the Republicans control the House now, so we do have some leverage on the Biden administration with the debt ceiling and other negotiations in order to try to, it's up to us, I think, Michelle, to put uh, pressure on our elected leaders uh, of both parties. By the way, if you're sitting in a blue state listening to this, you can still do this and call your members of Congress and call your senators to especially defund um, the World Health Organization, because the Biden administration is not unilaterally going to withdraw from the WHO.
1: They won't do that without pressure. And, and I want people to, to realize what how important what you're saying is. I spoke to one of the greatest U.S. senators that we have. I had a direct conversation with him about this. He has so many problems on his desk. He didn't see this as being um, that this would ever actually happen. I was trying to impress upon him how important this is. But he told me that he hasn't heard from his constituents on this issue. He said, you know, until this is an issue where we hear from people, I just don't think anything is going to happen. And I think that's why we haven't heard the mainstream media or big tech or big social media speaking about this intentionally by design. And that's why people have got to call their senators. They've got to call their representative because unless they hear from the people, They don't think this is that important of an issue, but I am telling you, time is not on our side on this. There's a sense of urgency of the hour because the last week in May is coming upon us. We don't know what decisions will be made the last week in May, but what we do know is that the Biden administration, the World Health Organization, and other nations are actively working to seek to transfer this level of control to the united nations we want to stop this transfer of power and i will tell you i've served in the united states congress these members are good people but they're extremely busy they don't know everything that's going on and if they don't read about it in the press And if they don't hear from their constituents, they just don't know that it's an issue. And that's why this show is so important, Monica. And I hope people will forward this show and share this on their social media accounts with as many friends as they can for the sole purpose of informing people, but even more importantly, inspiring people that you know to call their congressman or congresswoman, call their U.S. senator and tell them, Get the United States out of the World Health Organization. Stop funding the World Health Organization. And don't give President Biden one more dime to raise the debt ceiling unless that includes getting the U.S. out of the World Health Organization, because we do not want to give up U.S. sovereignty to the United Nations. That's it.
0: And the Capitol Hill switchboard for you to contact your member of Congress, your United States senators, and I don't care if they're Republican, Democrat, or independent, you've got to communicate this message to them. The Capitol Hill switchboard, again, is 202 two one and just let the operator know where you live. Uh, let's say you live in New Jersey. Let them know the town. They will come. They will put you directly in touch with the office of your member of Congress and your two U.S. senators. Really, guys, nobody is focused on this. We have been for the last year, but it's come up again. Time is of the essence here. Really, there's there are a lot of threats coming at us, but this is particularly urgent and immediate and will strip your ability to make your own public health decisions for yourself, your personal health decisions for yourself, your family. There will be no place to flee. You can't say, well, I'll just pick up and go back to Florida. No, the Florida, all of the state laws will be trumped by all of this as well. There will be no escape. And of course, it's all part and parcel of getting us to this one world government where we're all digitized and that the globalist regime will have total control. We cannot allow this to happen. And Michelle, you have been at the forefront of this. I, I mean, the idea that we're going to live under these rules it is just unimaginable. Okay. So I want to thank you so much for being here, of course, but also for blowing the whistle on this and for mobilizing the rest of us to act, to try to stop it. Excellent. Excellent work,
1: Michelle. Thank you, Monica, and thank you to all of your audience who take this information seriously and who seek to do something about it. People think that really their phone call isn't going to make one bit of difference, especially if they have a Democrat senator or someone that they don't agree with on Capitol Hill. Let me tell you, it does make a difference. I've been in those offices when the phones ring off the hook and it gets their attention. So please not only make the call, but share Monica's show with as many people as you can and tell them don't wait to act. Pick up pick up the phone and call now.
0: Absolutely. And again, that Capitol Hill switchboard number, 202-224-3121. Do not be afraid to ever reach out to your elected representative. They are there to represent you. And on this issue, really, they do need to hear from you because they have so much coming at them, like Michelle said, that this is sort of fallen by the wayside, doesn't have their attention, but it will if you call them and let them know. Never lose sight of the fact that they are in office because they've been elected. They are there to represent you and me, and you pay their salary as well as the salary of their entire staff. So, uh, you know, they owe it to you to at least listen to your concerns, 202-224-3121. Michelle Bachman, former member of Congress, dean at Regent University in Virginia Beach. She is incredible, as you just heard. Listen to her advice, and let's all mobilize to try to stop this. Michelle, thank you so much. God bless you, Monica, and thank you. You too. Well, guys, as you just heard, super, super important that you reach out to your elected representatives and let them know what's up. We need to get out of the World Health Organization. We need to stop these amendments, stop the treaty, and defund the WHO. So mobilize, guys. Really, we need all hands on deck. We need your voices to be raised, to reach out to those who actually have levers of power that can stop this thing. Okay. All right. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for being here and for checking out our great sponsors. We all really appreciate that. Have a really good rest of your week, and I will see you right back here with another huge show on Friday.